The Space Case Sarah Show with space nerds Kobe and Benjamin. Who is Space Case Sarah? Spunky, edgy, smart, funny, and a rebel feminist. Now, witness it yourself on iRock Space Radio. Hello, space enthusiasts, and welcome to another episode of the Space K Sarah Show with my space nerds, Kavi and Benjamin, here on iRock Space Radio. Today is a very, 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 very exciting episode. This is the first time the three of us in this new show, show format have a guest on, and I would love to have my guest introduce herself, but I do want to just first say Thank you to this very, very special guest who um, we met quite a while ago, actually, like over a year. And she was the first person, seriously, that I told, like, I got this radio show on this radio station. Oh, my gosh. And we back and forth behind the scenes. We're like, oh, my gosh. And um, and it's been so exciting to watch both of our journeys because, like, my career has started to explode and now hers has beyond started to explode. So without further ado... I'm going to introduce our guest, and then we'll get into the formality of the show and just start talking about what you're doing. So we have today NASA engineer extraordinaire and uh, also Blue Origin future commercial astronaut, Joan. And I don't know if I can pronounce your last name, so can you say it for me really quick? I don't think a lot of people can, so do not feel bad. Um, okay. So it's Melendez and then Meisner. Melendez. You want to say Misner because it's sort of German, but it's Meisner. All but right. No, so I- Joan Meisner, Melendzner. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Welcome, TikTok legend. Welcome to the Space Case Sarah Show. We're so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. This has been like <laughs> such a long time coming. I've been wanting yes. to go on your show. But because of my schedule, it's just been like, I'm so sorry, I can't do it this week. So I'm really excited to be here. You're, yes, you are a very busy woman. And then like right when I thought I had at the cusp of an opportunity to get you on, uh, you were going to come in guest host for the Passage Project. You were going to do the live stream for them. And then I was like, oh, great, I'm going to talk to her and be like, yeah, let's figure something out. And then you were like, sorry, I can't make it. Can't tell you why yet, but and, I mean, uh, now I can, but yeah, back then I was like, I'm so sorry, I can't make it, but I promise you it'll be worth it. So Yes, <laughs> and it is. So we name our episodes after elements, um, so we've been just going through the periodic table. And so today is nitrogen, where we're all really big fans of nitrogen. I don't know, you know, if you like to breathe, I, I would hope you like nitrogen as well. And so each week, Kavi, our fun fact science guy, will give us some nitrogen fun facts. And then Benjamin also has his little segments on, you know, on this day in science history, those kind of things. So gentlemen, what have you brought to the nitrogen episode Oh, today? I've got something delicious, I promise. Nitrogen, nitrogen. I'm going to take you guys back to the Fritz Haber process, which uh, Fritz Haber won the Nobel the Prize for. Process. It is the best process of all the processes. It processes the most. It's incredible. Basically, nitrogen is everywhere in our atmosphere, but it was only when Fritz Haber figured out this incredible process of how to actually pull nitrogen out of the atmosphere for us to use for agriculture, which is super important because if you hadn't done that, global population probably would have been capped around 2 billion people. So you wouldn't have this incredible diversity of 8 billion people and our lovely pale blue dot. Basically, about 50% of the nitrogen in your body right now is made up of nitrogen that was produced in the Fritz Haber process. So thank you to Fritz Haber for keeping us alive. 
<laughs> what? What? That is that is pretty wild. I'm gonna I'm gonna write this down so I can have it in my back pocket for like just NASA events. Just be like, guess what? <laughs> right? <laughs> you're at a cocktail party and you're like, would you like to learn a little bit about? nitrogen and everyone's like who invited this person well actually at a NASA party they'd be like well I can tell you about nitrogen as well so I would like to be at that party (laughs) Benjamin what you got uh I always do our little uh uh on this day in science type things and since episode is going to air on September 24th I'd like to give a happy scientist birthday to Morris William Travers, who discovered the element Krypton, which is worthy of note because I love Superman. And (laughs) another happy birthday to a physicist you might have known, I might have heard of uh, Michio Kaku. It's his birthday on the 24th. So when this airs, he's going to get older. But then again, he's getting older right now, as we all are. Uh, And... A special happy astronaut birthday to John Young, who flew on Gemini 3, Gemini 16. He flew around the moon in Apollo 10, walked on the moon in Apollo 16, and he flew two shuttle missions, including the very first one. That's it? John Young, happy birthday. (laughs) Yeah, but he doesn't know anything about that Fritz Harbor process, so... (laughs) (laughs) What has he done for me lately? <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, just a, a small resume, nothing big. No, awesome. Happy birthday to all of those people. Happy birthday. Thank you for sharing your Happy facts. birthday. They, uh, the guys were like, we should put Joan on the spot and ask her if she has a nitrogen fact. But I don't know if that's too much pressure for you. Right so, so I should, because I don't know if you know, not a lot of people know this. They all think I'm an aerospace engineer, you know, working at NASA. I'm actually a dual chemical engineer and chemist. Nobody really knows that. So technically, I should know a nitrogen fact, but I do not. I do. Let me let me write. Let me read. I think I wrote one down that someone told me about five minutes ago. So apparently, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) That is a you know the antithesis of the impressive resume. Like I also flew a shuttle and Gemini and and uh, anyway. Great to have you here. We are, again, um, the Space Case Air Show with the Space Nerds on iRock Space Radio. We're going to throw out our little handles. Uh, we, every week, kind of remind everyone that you can go to the station's website and sign up for a crew club. We're hopefully going to be seeing some kind of cool, fun changes happening within that station website as well in terms of structure and possibly giving you an opportunity to be able to listen to these episodes later. Uh, As of right now, this is a a show that airs at live fixed times. But, um, you know, make sure you head over to irockspaceradio.com and you can find their social medias. I'm Space Case Sarah 22 on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and TikTok. And uh, I'll let you guys do your own social media handles. Throw them out real quick. Hi, uh, I'm Benjamin, and I run Science Actually. We have a large following on Facebook, so please check us out at Facebook slash Actually Science. Someone else got Science Actually. <laughs> and, uh, on the platform. Can, uh-huh. And uh, you can also find us on Instagram and by the proper name and TikTok, where I post my daily science memes every day so go get yourself your daily dose of science so your memes at least are related to science i just post memes 
<laughs> I do what's called science like, posting. Here's, here's oh, my here's dog with a I bunch of dishes. But oh, you know what though? Like I take those memes and I share it with my friends because that, you, that's you know that's how you talk to people through memes. Honestly, yeah, it's it's our culture. It's, it's the language about people. <laughs> <laughs> if you like me, my being shared at NASA. That would be nice. Yes. Well, actually, okay. So sorry, but one fun fact: um, after the SLS, you know, it's been delayed twice. We have been sharing so many of those SLS memes that we find on Twitter on our teams. So, That's you know, beautiful. again, we, we, we are working hard to get SLS off the ground. But at the same time, we do appreciate really good memes. <laughs> so we've been sharing them around. <laughs> well, Kavi is good for that. Kavi, throw out your handles <laughs> so that people can find these fantastic I'm make, memes. I'm making myself laugh too much. My, my handles on all the good procrastination apps are at Fun Fact Science. That's Twitter, TikTok. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, and a little bit of YouTube. Um, but now I'm wondering whether you guys saw my uh, Left Shark Engine 3 meme that I had made for, oh. for Jillian. <laughs> oh, yes. I did see that. I did see that. That's been shared, NASA. Just FYI, yeah. that's been shared. Oh, I can quit. I I'm done. That's yeah. it. We're done. Uh, this is this has been the Space Case Air Show. We're done. Uh, <laughs> we've made it. <laughs> Kavi's made it. And then, Joan... Um, do you want to throw out your handles really quick so people know where to find you and all the cool stuff that you're involved in? Sure. Um, Twitter is your female eng because your female engineer is too long. And then I am on your female engineer, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And I believe YouTube as well. So go ahead awesome, and, and awesome. find me on there. Yes, please do. Because I think it was probably TikTok I found you originally. I, I really can't remember, but I think it was TikTok. And your whole thing was talking about, you know, um, finding your place in STEM, being someone who maybe struggled and had their struggles to get to where they are. And, and I think that really resonated with me where I was like, yeah, like not all of us, uh, you know, I, I famously talk about this on the show all the time, but like I've taken chemistry three times. Like not all of us are like immediately. Yeah. Um, they're they're showing me that they've also like, taken it twice. It's a chemistry major. I have failed organic oh. chemistry, so right. And th I loved that though. Th that was such a like a vulnerable, honest thing to share. That like, hey, I failed things, and I'm I get to work at NASA. Like, how amazing is that? So, um, why don't we? While we have we have about five minutes before we need to cut to a break. Why don't you give us a little bit of like the how did you get into science like academically, what, what got you too interested into science? Yeah. So, um, I grew up in a very small town in Puerto Rico. It was like up in the mountains where you can see the stars. Like there's not a lot of light out there. So, um, I've been interested in space since I could remember. Um, and then I remember when I was little asking my parents for the very nerdy gifts for Christmas. So of course, you know, I'd get like the Barbie and the Barbie Jeep, but then I also really want a telescope. I want a, um, you know, science uh, kit so I can make things explode, you know, like the elephant toothpaste and stuff. So I mean, I was really interested in that kind of stuff, but it wasn't until middle school, high school where I kind of found a passion for helping people. And so I really wanted to become a doctor before I got into engineering and science or, you know, being a scientist because I really want to help people. I love being able to be the person to, you know, make someone feel better. Um, but it wasn't until I was in my senior year in high school that I volunteered in an emergency room. I fell, uh, I, I passed out because I saw a whole bunch of needles and blood, like literally in the emergency room. I felt really bad because this one guy um, was getting a spinal tap. I don't know if any of you guys have, have seen that, oh, but yeah. it's like a huge oh, yeah. needle Pretty that goes in, the, yeah. in your back. So, um, 
I like had to, I was, I was getting dizzy. I was like, oh my God, I cannot see this. I cannot see this. I could not see that huge needle. So I had the enough strength to get out of the room. And then I passed that on the floor. If I didn't get out of the room, that guy would just be probably, I don't know. And even more pain than when he was there. <laughs> and freaked um, out. He'd be like, why is probably, there a woman on the He's floor? like, why is there a woman on the floor? Should I be passed out? I don't understand what's going on. Um, so that was like an immediate reminder that I could not be a doctor. So, um, you know, from there, um, I had really good guidance counselors in college. You know, at the time I was, uh, kind of like pre-med. So I took all the chemistry and biology. And so they started talking about engineering. I was like, the only thing I thought of was Apollo 13, you know, the movie. And so I was like, isn't there like a lot of men in, in engineering? Like I didn't really see people that look like me in engineering. So, um, you know, it, it, it took me a while to find my way in this field and it's still kind of still taking me a little bit to find my voice as, you know, as, as you're all aware, you know, women, um, it's about 28% in STEM. So, you know, being able to be vulnerable, like you mentioned, um, through TikTok and Instagram is my way of sharing how difficult it was for me because I don't want the next generation to fall into the, am I good enough? Am I going to be able to, you know, succeed in this career? So being able to be vulnerable on social media, I think is a way that it helps me heal, you know, a lot, a lot of the times when I felt that way, but at the same time, hopefully get the next generation involved and kind of feel heard and seen. So yeah, that's a, a little bit about me from passing out on the doctor emergency room floor um, to being a NASA engineer. Anybody can do it. <laughs> I have I have not been able to pass out like that. And so I'm very impressed that you did it. Um, what I'm also really impressed by, <laughs> what I'm also really impressed by is, is this vulnerability that you're talking about. And I think that you're such an incredible role model for the next generation of women coming up in, mm -hmm. in STEM. Um, but when, when, like what you were saying before, made me wonder, was there anyone who you were able to look up to? Did you have a female role model in these sort of positions? So, you know, as a as a first generation uh, college graduate, my family, even though they were my biggest supporters, I didn't have anyone in my family to really look up to, to, to be in these careers. So, you know, for anyone who's a first generation student, you're kind of going through these muddy waters all by yourself. So, you know, being able to have a good support group of, you know, good guidance counselors, um, I was able to start seeing more women, um, you know, when I started learning about space a little bit more, um, the Mercury 13 was just absolutely impressive. I, I read so many books on them. I was like, oh my gosh, if they could do it, you know, like I felt like it was um, my passion to, you know, talk about them if I ever got to where I am, you know, because they're just so incredible. Um, so, you know, I was able to see more women in these fields when I started to read books or, um, you know, being able to be in college, but even in, in college, uh, you know, the professors were all male. I only had the, the one female guidance counselor who helped me throughout my entire career, who I still talk to to this day because, um, you know, she was a PhD chemist. And so that was super impressive to me. Um, but, you know, the, there's not a lot of um, women out there. Obviously, there's a lot more than there was back then. But um, that's the, the whole power of social media is just being able to instead of, you know, making a difference in your community. You know, I like to do outreach in um, colleges, elementary school stuff like that, you're able to reach global, a global reach on social media. And so um, I think it's such a powerful tool to showcase and have the representation that you may not necessarily see in traditional media, uh, being able to have it on social media and have that, you know, support system, I think is, is, is key. Absolutely. Well, <clears throat> that is a great start to this, this nitrogen episode. Um, <laughs> we have to take a break. 
And hopefully our music break will be a little bit shorter this week because we have been talking to our sound production team and they said that they think that they have sourced what the issue is. So thank you for everyone who has listened and pointed that out and bearing with us through that process. But uh, enjoy the space music for now. And when we get back, we are going to talk with Joan and what she's doing because she is involved in so many cool things and we cannot wait to talk to you about it. I know the guys are chomping at the bit with some questions. So you are listening to the Space Case Sarah show with Kavi and Benjamin and our special guest Joan this week here on iRock Space Radio. Welcome back to the Space Case Sarah show here this week with, as always, the space nerds, Kavi and Benjamin. But we also have a guest today, Joan. I almost, I don't know why I almost said like Miss Joan. Like, no, Joan, um, you are a very busy woman. So you just gave us a little bit of your backstory of what got you interested in science. And one of the things that I think all three of us can really uh, appreciate is the vulnerability and the less than conventional path that got you to getting into science. And you're also a really good science com- communicator. Like you you know how to kind of jump on the trends and do the things that are fun and, um, you know, kind of famously and infamously people's attention spans are so short. So how do we grab people and get them excited about space and space science and explain these concepts or these big missions in, you know, a 10, 15 second video. And you at least do a really great job of being that like hook to bait them in. And um, let's talk about the big one that is coming up for you. And we actually planned recording this in, in in correlation of this event this mission, this this thing happening, you are on the DART team, which is so exciting. Can you explain your role on the DART mission? And first of all, we should probably explain what DART is in case yes. anyone listening doesn't know what DART is. I think is. that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> DART <laughs> is obviously this game that you play at bars and, you know. Um, mm-hmm. No, so DART stands for the Double Asteroid Redirection Test, correct? That's right. Yes. Okay. And this is essentially <laughs> cue the Armageddon music. I like first of all, how many times? How many times does that get joked about? Oh, like, I think I told you. So last year when we launched Dart in November, um, you know, so SpaceX, uh, NASA, and then the Applied Physics Lab—they're the ones who built the spacecraft. Um, we would have Armageddon um, parties. So I think like the week before we launched it, we watched the movie Armageddon, and so imagine watching that movie with a room full of engineers saying, well, that didn't happen. Well, that's not possible. Um, So yeah, we nerded out with that. Um, And then every time we had some major milestone or whatever, um, we would play the, the don't want to close my eyes. Yeah. We would play that song. (laughs) And that was the unofficial song for this mission. (laughs) Yes. So uh, for those who don't know what it is, I'm sure you're gathering now. It is basically we are we've been since since the 70s. It has been kind of pointed out that there is not really a good plan in place to avoid an, a large scale impact if it were to happen. And famously, about 67 million years ago, this happened to the dinosaurs and it didn't bode very well for them. So we kind of need to figure out maybe how to avoid that. And this is our first very, very small scale attempt to show that we might be able to do something. And essentially, we're just going to crash a a, a satellite 
are we calling it a satellite spacecraft spacecraft yeah. <laughs> it's like the size of a of a vending machine so a okay. vending machine there you go <laughs> so why don't you tell us more about your role on it and and you know all the all the nerdy fun inside stuff <laughs> yeah um so it, it was my very first so i started nasa back in 2020 and this was the first mission that i was put on and i was like oh my gosh how am i ever going to top this mission first of all we call each other the planetary defenders and so it's literally in my signature right now when i send emails out to anybody uh, it's just to me like it'll be my name it'll be like integration engineer and planetary defender um so That's i'm an integration engineer Oh, I know. <laughs> you can never <laughs> top that. Um, so as an integration engineer, my role was I helped the spacecraft, you know, that bending machine um, kind of integrated into the rocket. So we had to place it onto the fairing. Um, and, you know, as an integration engineer, you're in charge of kind of the middle ground between the rocket company. So SpaceX in this case, and then the spacecraft company. Um, and then you have to test and analyze to ensure that that spacecraft survives the launch. So what I usually tell people is I love roller coasters. Like I love, I'm in Orlando, so obviously theme parks are my thing. Um, so if you go inside of a roller coaster and you go inside the cart, you want to make sure that you survive that roller coaster, that the vibrations isn't going to knock you out. So ideally, that's essentially yeah. what we ideally, I mean, some people <laughs> might mean- like it. I don't know. I personally would like to survive the roller coaster, but you know, as an integration engineer is we, we test to ensure that that spacecraft stays intact and it launches correctly against all of the elements going against the rocket. Um, and then we also calculate the, the flight trajectory. So we want to make sure that we launch it as for a specific day time, um, to ensure that, uh, you know, DART is on its way to Didymos, the Didymos system. And so, yeah, it's really neat. Um, in less than about two weeks, I want to say, um, we're going to be able to go and see it, quote unquote, live uh, crash into the Dimorphos, which is the moonlet of the Didymos system. And mm-hmm. we're testing to ensure we're not wanting to, um, you know, collide with it and then destroy the the asteroid. We're essentially just colliding with it to see if we can nudge it. Um, because, you know, laws of physics, anything in motion set in motion until you go against it. So therefore, we're going against it. We're going to go and crash into Dimorphos and we're going to see if we can, um, you know, kind of change its current orbit and its current flight path right now. So if there's ever that's at, ever heading an asteroid that's headed our way, um, that would be a good way to defend our planet. Um, obviously, Plan B is Bruce Willis, but we have him on call just in case. Um, okay. Or or Leonardo DiCaprio, if you're in the newer generation with Don't Look Up. Um, but you know, it's just um, it's just really neat to be able to to be part of such a cool mission and just thinking about the how well this is going to benefit everybody here on Earth. Like I mentioned earlier, I, I wanted to be a doctor to help people, so this is like a really cool way and a different way of helping yeah. people. So sure. you know, it's just it's kind of blows my mind. Yeah, you can definitely help more people at once. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, So eight billion people. I'm gonna just add to my resume. Helped eight billion people. (laughs) (laughs) That that astronaut. Listen by name. Go ahead, Benjamin. You were saying something Uh, uh, too. Sure, Uh, Joan. You mentioned you're gonna. We'll be watching it live. I assume there's gonna be a time delay. How far away is it? And how? What is that time delay? And how long is it gonna take for that signal to come back? So I don't know the exact uh, how far away it is. Um, I know it's in the millions. I can't tell you the exact. I should probably know this before I came on here. Um, but, you know, the delay in time is going to be probably about like 20 to 25 minutes. Um, so the I believe there's a NASA social associated with this. So it's going to be a crowd full of just like nerdy engineers involved in this. And then just, uh, you know, people who are 
passionate about NASA and doing the NASA social. So it's going to be interesting because it's going to be my first NASA social that I'm actually a part of the mission. Um, so yeah, there's mm. going to be like a 20, 25 minute delay. I'm not sure how that's going to be, whether, you know, you know, we're going to be in the room, but I'm not sure how the NASA social people are going to be. I don't know how that all is going to work out. That's kind of new to me. Um, but yeah, it'll be cool. We're going to have, um, you know, we're going to have all the scientists that were involved with it, all the engineers. We're going to be doing some media coverage around it. I think that we're going to be doing some media training in the next couple of weeks um, to get ready for that, just because I believe they want to showcase it to not as as a, as the as magnitude of the James Webb telescope, but you know they want to broadcast something out. And so um, I don't know how they're going to do it, but I will I will let you to, I will let you know in two weeks. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, um, go ahead. I was, I was just going to ask, I'm kind of curious. So like this whole concept, which is, um, I think been dubbed by Astro Kirsten as, um, the mega boop that you're just giving a mega boop. To her, <laughs> to her. I, mean, well, like, I think Sarah has an amazing TikTok on it. Like she I like did. synced it to the music and it was like, yes. And then that, yes, that is the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's it. So, so I'm, I'm curious, like you were saying that the idea is just to give it, to give it a nudge rather than to, to, you know, blow it up or anything like that. So what what was kind of the rationale uh, if you can you know explain for people listening like why are we just trying to like shift its orbit as opposed to maybe you know exploding it with a nuke like what might be wrong with that <laughs> well <laughs> Bruce i mean for wasn't available <laughs> a movie set i mean obviously if you're what's his name um who's the guy who directed michael bay if you're michael bay you love explosions <laughs> and you would love to destroy asteroids but um, if you have an asteroid headed, let's say it's headed towards Earth, um, and then you nuke it kind of in the movie Armageddon, um, you're still going to have, it doesn't disappear in space. You're still going to have all these fragments headed towards Earth. And so some of them will be able to disintegrate within the atmosphere and some won't. And so, and then the really bad thing about that is if you destroy it, we won't be able to rapidly calculate where these um, fragments are going to land. And so therefore, for mm -hmm. safety reasons, we want to make sure that um, we're testing the capability of just nudging it to ensure that those fragments don't destroy anything on this planet. And again, we're saving the 8 billion lives that we have on this planet. And um, yeah, I think that's, that's the best way, but again, um, not the best thing for just like movie magic, but scientifically it's the smartest thing to do. <laughs> so, so this is so, why Michael Bay is a movie director and not directing NASA <laughs> missions. Got it. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Well, and yes. you know, also all his care, all the camera angles would be like slightly tilted with the light leaks coming out. Right. You know, like, yeah. Oh, yeah and then the, the, like this NASA scientists in like these really short shorts in the, yeah. no, actually I think so. They did film Transformers, one of the Transformers movie at Kennedy Space Center. And this was before my time. This was what I think when I was in college. It was like early 2010s. I don't remember. Um, and so, I, you know, my coworkers, they were, they're, they're extras in that movie. And so they just remember <laughs> going and then they like awesome. see themselves in the movie. Um, and so it's just kind of neat to, to think about that they were in the Transformers movie just being a NASA employee. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of my TikTok, I actually saved this question because someone commented on it this morning and I was like, oh, I can I can have the actual source answer it. Um, and I, I think that, you know, obviously I could have handled this as well because it's fairly easy. You're talking about physics and calculating and blah, blah, blah. But they were like, uh, uh, this is for roasted kelp, by the way. So shout out to roasted kelp on TikTok. This person asked, awesome are name. scientists sure that uh, I don't know who? roasted kelp is but they commented are they sure that this will work i'm so scared it'll hit the other asteroid and send it towards the earth so 
yeah, this is a question that we get all the time. And, and it's, yeah. a, it's a fair, it's a valid question because, mm-hmm. you know, when you're thinking of doing some kind of experiment, even as a scientific experiment, you know, not everything is always going to go as planned. Something is going to go wrong. Something's going to fail. You learn and then you recalculate and everything. So in this magnitude, we get that question very often. So the reason why we chose this specific system is because it's so far away from the planet. Um, we've calculated successful trajectories and failures as well. So each mm. one of those, the successes and the failures based on when it's going to hit at the time, um, it's been calculated. So I can 100% say that it is not going to fail and then knock it and then head it towards towards Earth. So, okay. but it's but it's a very valid question. It is. It's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and and it you know kind of harkens to your reference of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in that in that doomsday scenario that just you know everyone kind of defaults to that. So I can see why people would be like, oh my god, like are they sure? Because yeah. the media portrays that sign like there's always right like there's maybe one scientist that's like wah and then you have the organization that's like no 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 that you know we can't do that it makes me think of uh bill nye's new show and is where it's like he has that like there's always one person that's like trying to raise the alarm and um i'm sure that's sort of part of where that is uh you know spurred from um absolutely guys do you have any like one more quick question because then we got to take a break and then we are going to move on to your other really big thing going on. Benjamin. Silly question. Not really. Uh, we're sending a vending machine size spacecraft to hit a thing, a majig, and try to alter its orbit. But this it's is very in, scientific but, language. But, but, we're hit, but we're hitting an asteroid that <laughs> mm-hmm. should it go askew, as you said, worst case scenario, it's not going to really <laughs> affect anything. But what, a, <laughs> but what about. Uh, it, it, if we need to move something much, much, much larger, I one SpaceX rocket can't push that. Do we have anything? Is there a phase two for DART, like a, to send test a larger uh, impactor or spacecraft or something? That's okay. a really good question. So the so other things that we're looking at for DART is you know not only are we testing the the planetary defense, but you know we're testing ion engines. So that's I don't know if any of you watch. Um, oh my gosh my favorite show uh expanse Expanse? and so like how they would go and like i forgot what the name of the guy was but like he he tested this engine and just kept going and like died because he was going so fast um like that technology the star wars expanse technology is what we're testing now and so it's it's here it's now and so you know not only dart again is is defending our planet but it's testing the ion propulsion engines so we can go faster we can go cheaper um the other thing that we're testing um is again um so if there is ever an asteroid that's, let's say, larger, because I think the Dimorphos, it's the size of a football field, and then um, Didymos is the side of the Washington Monument, so extrapolate it to what an asteroid would look like. And so, you know, if this is successful, we know the mass ratio to a specific asteroid. So if we do ever have one that's coming our way that's larger, then obviously we would extrapolate out to whatever we would need in that aspect. Um, but this is why, you know, we have the the SLS, why we have um, Starship, why we're getting these like very heavy uh, space or uh, rockets to ensure that if we need something that's a little bit bigger than a vending machine, that it will be able to uh, launch it into space. And so I think we, for DART, we used a Falcon 9, just a regular, we didn't even use the heavy. And so um, being able to have that in our our disposal to be able to just choose and pick the rockets that we need, um, you know, that's that's something that I, I love to work with. And that's, you know, part of what I do at the Launch Services Program is we choose the rockets based on the load that we need to send out there. But, you know, to answer your question, um, I think 
for right now, they're they're probably thinking about it. I just can't really say much. Um, I know that there's other asteroid um, missions that are coming up in the future. A Neo Surveyor is one that I can think of right now, but um, there will be more. There's this is not just the one done one and done asteroid mission. There's going to be more in the future, and there's a lot of really brilliant scientists who are going to be testing a lot more, especially if this is successful or if it fails. So you know we should be able to to have something in the near future. Awesome. Well, we're going to need to take a break. I just wanted to um, throw a little joke out quick, though, because we've joked about it in the past, how you were saying, like, it's the size of Mount Washington or Mount Rushmore, Mount Rushmore. And Benjamin's making a face trying to, like, equate what that would look like. And then Kavi's made jokes in the past where he's like, you Americans and you, you anything but the metric system. Right. So how many how many eagles per freedom is that? Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> Five eagles. Read my mind. <laughs> the Washington so, Monument. So how how big is that in eagles per freedom? We need a, a unit of measurement for. Yeah. I was gonna say Mount Rainier. I don't know. Washington Monument is. I don't think as big as Mount Rainier. Maybe it is. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna get back <laughs> and talk about why you uh, ditched us for the live stream for passage because we got to talk about that. So stay tuned. Break (laughs) possibly happening here. If things were smoothed out or not, I'm not totally sure, but either way, hang out for be it the 10 second delay or a little bit of music. And when we get back, we're going to talk to Joan about that teaser. I just dropped. You are listening to the space case Sarah show with the Space Nerds, Kavi and Benjamin, and special guest Joan here on iRock Space Radio. Welcome back to the Space Case Sarah Show with my Space Nerds, Kavi and Benjamin, and our special guest Joan. Joan has taken us on a journey, if you will, from her origin story and how she got interested in science and what she is doing at NASA and the DART mission, which, by the way, we forgot to plug. That is happening on the 26th. Mm-hmm. Do you know what time to? I um, local so time I think on the asteroid. Uh, oh, local time of the asteroid. Wow. Um, so <laughs> I don't know well, what in the metrics. I'm just kidding. Um, so I want to say it's in the evening, like after six. Okay. Well, yeah. the internet is also very useful. You know, yeah. Google is a thing. So uh, Google, uh, we'll Google it ourselves, but um, <laughs> that is coming up very soon. And at the time of this airing, it'll be super, super soon. So that is something very exciting to look forward to in space news. Also kind of peppered in with, yes, this drama of the SLS. And, um, you know, as of recording today, I've heard maybe the 27th, but I'm, I'm hearing a lot of people on the ground saying that that is probably going to be a stretch, um, which I'm kind of okay with, to be honest. I I have like four different outreach things at the end of this month. And so I really want to go to it, but I'm like, you got uh, like October, like early October. I'm just, I'm trying to will NASA to my schedule. I'm trying to make a rocket work for me and um, <laughs> sure, I'm going to make that happen. That all the time. <laughs> like, like, I'm sorry, NASA, you're going to have to reschedule that for me. Um, also speaking that, that really checks of, out. Yeah. It's, it's, yep. Definitely. Um, speaking of news really quick though, because I saw this today and I know you saw it as well, Benjamin, but today, uh, Dr. Zaburkin announced that he is going to be stepping down as the science directorate associate yeah. administrator after six NASA. years. No. Yeah. He, um, yeah. he was yeah. actually at, at Vanding at Vandy at Vandenberg when we launched start and he came into our room and like thanked us and everything. And I was like, Oh my gosh, Aww. I'm a little starstruck. I follow you on Twitter. 
<laughs> I know, right? I know. I had um, a live stream series I did with him this summer. So that's why it's also kind of like hitting me a little hard. I'm like, oh. Um, and he's been such a kind supporter and honestly a great mentor for me. So we wish him the best of luck. I'm not sure he's going to listen to this episode, but if he happens to, best of luck Thanks, to you, Dr. Z. Z. And thank you. thank you for everything that you've done over the past six years. So, Joan. I was a part of a live stream for our mutual friend and actually everybody here, I think, knows Lee and the Passage Project to some degree. And we've all been very excited about what he is doing and we have plans to get him on this show as well. So this is probably like, Lee, this is your, this is, this is the sign. You're next. You're Um, next. You're next. But you were supposed to be like the guest uh, host for it, the host, (laughs) like the main host for it. And literally the day of, you were like, sorry, not gonna be there and i was like what, 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 well what? and the day of is not how it happened but it was like the day before so at least there's some kind of you know in between okay. <laughs> well for you i i had sent you a message that morning though and i was like i can't wait to see you oh yeah, that's you like, yeah about that um so why don't you start though with how how did this all come about because um you entered a competition basically you entered a competition to win a spot to go to space with Blue Origin. And tell us how that went down. So um, just for for uh, reference, I do remember it's 7.15 p.m. Eastern okay. Standard Time okay, for that dart go. impact. So just kind of circling back there. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> as, as a nerd, I look at numbers and I look at statistics. So I have applied to be a NASA astronaut. <laughs> and I know that my chance is extremely low because I believe there's like 12,000 applicants this last round. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're not even going to look at my application. Um, and then Space for Humanity is also doing, you know, my friend Kat just went up to space this past summer um, and she was telling me the applications were like in the 10,000 range. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, Jesus. And mine, so Mine was in there. <laughs> mine was in there, too. Lost somewhere um, yeah, right? in space. Um, it's it's headed towards DART, actually. Um, and so... <laughs> Um, all with all our hopes and dreams. All with my hopes and dreams. <laughs> About to crash into an asteroid. Um, and so, and so, like, with Space Plus, you know, I, I learned about it on Twitter because Space Twitter is pretty awesome. They tell you, like, where all the competitions are. And I, I feel like there's this really good camaraderie of, like, hey, this company might be doing competition. Hey, this company is doing another one. So I found out about um, Uplift Aerospace and their Space Plus project. And um, it was only, you know, you, you purchase an NFT, which at the, th- at the time was, like, $70, $75. And they only had a supply of 1969 so obviously that's a a really cool year and cool number of uh launch passes and so you know again my nerd self and statistics i'm like one out of 1969 heck yes so you know i i bought it um and then um i applied i did a i actually so i'm not a very good uh, storyteller so um you know i I, i'm an engineer i'm not a a writer and so um i actually fooled i helped i i asked for help on instagram i was like does anybody know who you know who would like to proofread an essay and like like I had 20, 30 people within like the first five minutes and I'm like, oh my God, I feel so special. Um, and so they helped me, you know, get my essay a little bit cleaner than what I started with. Um, and then our mutual friend Lee helped me with the video. And so, um, you know, like I had the concept, I had all the all the clips together, but um, 
Premiere Pro is my enemy. I do not understand it. That's something I just I've, I gave up on that. And so like Lee was, yeah. Lee was amazing because it was his birthday on that Sunday, like when right before I was supposed to um, submit it. And he was on his way back, like driving or something, or he was in the passenger seat and he was editing my video. And I'm like, oh my God, I need to like buy you as many drinks as possible that you would like to have because you, I owe you big time. So shout out to Lee. Um, but yeah, it was an essay contest and a, a video contest. And, you know, out of the 1969, they chose five people to become finalists and um, from those five people the community was going to vote on just one um, and so you know when they announced the five it felt like I was a politician for a week and I did not like it so I, <laughs> I, at one point I thought I was going to be a politician after that week I was like I'm never going to be a politician um, because I can't I, I can't like boast my like I can't talk great things it's about hard. me like you know it's really yeah. hard you know like you're talking about yourself you feel bad like you're like why am I this great like everybody else is great I vote for everybody else and so I'd be a terrible uh, you know, Senate candidate. And so, um, you know, after the week, the the community sort of just got together and they're like, I can't choose. Like, there's also so great because, you know, it's myself. Then you have Mike Mongo, who's the astronaut teacher. Mm -hmm. Really, like, he, if you hear him talk, I feel like he is just a mentor to everybody. Like, he, he just oh my God. spews yes. out, like, just success like and advice. And Shout so, out to Mike Mongo for sure. Mike Mongo yeah, is he, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm going against Mike Mongo. Fantastic. Uh, Sydney, uh, she's another amazing engineer at Boeing, which I met her because of the woman in STEM community on Instagram. Um, so I really knew who she was. So we were texting back and forth and we're like, what should we do? Because we're going against <laughs> each other, but we like, we love each other. So it was just like, I don't know. Um, and then the other two guys, Ruben and Trent, I never knew who they were, um, but they just seemed like really cool individuals. So to me, it was just... For, it was extremely hard to go uh, and just choose one. So the community decided to kind of back us all and, you know, was like in the channels, they're like, hey, you know, how about we pick them all? Like, hey, Uplift Space Plus, you should, you know, get them as a commercial astronaut crew. They're amazing. And, um, you know, fast forward. And that's kind of what they did. So the community got behind us. And instead of choosing the one, they're like, you know what, we're going to choose all five of you. Um, and now we're on this journey to become uh, training together to become commercial astronauts. So it's, it's really cool. Which That's is awesome. amazing. I know. So there was, <laughs> yeah, there was <laughs> one, like one person did, he is, Ru he's. Yeah, his Ruben, name's Ruben. Right? Yeah. yeah, he, yeah. Um, if you've ever seen the movie, uh, you know, Toy Story, if you haven't seen it, I mean, come on, we're in like 2022. Um, <laughs> so the, the character Lightyear um, literally looks like him. Like we have told him several <laughs> times that he needs to go to Disney and ask them to pay him because they took his likeness in uh, when they <laughs> created Lightyear. Um, but no, so yeah, the community voted. And so they got, um, so Lightyear or Ruben was the number one person that they chose. Um, and, you know, I believe what the backstory was, was the CEO of the company contacted Ruben and he's like, hey, um, what do you think about starting this uh, astronaut class? Because, you know, yes, you're the winner. If you tell us no, that if you just want to do it, perfectly fine. None of us would have found out. But he's just such an amazing person. Um, you know, again, I've gotten to know him over the last couple of months and he was like, hell yeah, let's all go. And so, you know, it was, it, it, that just embodies just who the other four people are. Like, they're just amazing. Um, and to go back to tie it as to why I wasn't the host for Passage, which I really wanted to be the host, um, they sent us to, they sent us to New York City so we can announce it. And so I was at Jay-Z's club, which again, <laughs> what? Um, so I was his club and I was like scoping out Jay's to see You're if he was there, but he wasn't. The um, um, so in the video that I posted for Passage, 
passage, I was in the club and I was like showing around. I'm like, I'm here at the NBA draft. And so I'm so sorry I couldn't go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's why I ended up not going because it was sort of last minute. They're like, hey, we're going to take you all five to New York. And um, yeah, from there, we've just been um, we meet like weekly. You know, I've gotten to know them very well. We're going to Paris next week for the International yep. Astronautical Congress. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of really good excitement, exciting announcements coming up. And so, unfortunately, I can't say anything, but I just know that um, it's she really cool. What it here? I could, I could. <laughs> Let me. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of announce announcements next week, so just watch out. Um, okay. It's it's turning into you know. You know, it could have just been one person go up to space and that's it. But it's we're trying to do a movement around it. You know, all of us really believe in the space for everyone um, concept, which I know a lot of people do. And so, you know, we really want to take that and run with it. And what we're trying to build around this mission is um, really exciting. It's very cool. That's so incredible. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to I'm going to toss the baton, hand the baton, toss it. Well, just duck, duck, Benjamin, duck. <laughs> I'm going to toss um to these guys uh, to give them a chance to ask you each a question. And then I have one kind of good, like closing question for you. So if you guys have something you'd like to ask the, now is your yeah, time. Obviously. No pressure. <laughs> Me. Okay. So, so I, 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 I had a question that I, that I think is, is kind of on a lot of people's minds, you know, we're, we're talking a lot. And like you were saying, this incredible community that we have on space, Twitter, that, you know, we feel like, space for everyone is just around the corner and then every time i try to speak to like friends and family who are outside of that world they're like yeah it's ridiculous i'm never gonna go to space <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so in your in your <laughs> remember that's my old man voice um <laughs> so in in your opinion <laughs> in your opinion at what point at what point do you think um we're going to have uh commercial space or private space available for you know similar to the cost of uh, an overseas trip. When do you think we'll get there? Yeah. um, So I think right now we're sort of in the beginning of look at, uh, you know, just airfare. So when they first started, you had a lot of really wealthy people going on planes, traveling, everybody else, um, you know, couldn't travel that way. So I think that's where we are now. We're having a lot of individual wealthy people um, go up to space. But at the same time, when they come down, um, you know, a lot of those Blue Origin astronauts have donated seats to that's how Space for Humanity got their seat. That's how they were able to get two seats. And so being able to, um, you know, expand it that way and then also have these companies like I've always told Blue and I'm, I'm on Twitter saying it all the time. I'm like, you know, it'd be fantastic if you, you know, got the people who paid for it. But one of those seats, you know, you give it to uh, to somebody, whether it's someone um, in, in the Blue Origin world, like Gary went up. He was fantastic. I met Gary when I worked at Blue Origin. He's so smart. I'm so glad he got to go because he was the creator of New Shepard. And so, you know, that story really reached out to me. And so being able to get people excited about sending people to space, you have to have that story behind it in my eyes, because to me, you know, it's neat to see a lot of wealthy people experience the overview effect, but to, I want to see, you know, the passion behind it. So this, what Space for Humanity is doing, what we're trying to do at Space Plus is, you know, get people that you normally don't, wouldn't, you wouldn't see them as NASA astronauts go on these missions. And so I think right now we're just starting to break, um, you know, break open a little bit. I think that we still have a few years of, you know, getting um, a lot of the the wealthier people probably to pay to pay for these flights, but 
um, you know, we're living in an era where commercial spaceflight is even doing this because before you just had to be a NASA astronaut, that impossibly or impossible like statistics of being a NASA astronaut, you know, being able to open it with <clears throat> Blue Origin, with Virgin, um, you know, with Blue Origin's orbital reef, they're going to have uh, the International Space Station kind of Sierra Space, they're going to have their astronaut core. So all of these private companies are opening up these access. And so um, it'll be interest- interesting to see what their requirements are going to be for their astronaut core, hopefully. Um, you know, a little bit more open than just the, you know, military and engineering and, and science. Like I want to see, you know, like poets, I want to see like uh, musicians, you know, you, you know, musicians, um, you know, go up there and, and that's how you tech, that's how you can like break free and start opening up access to everybody. So um, it's going to be several decades to answer your question with regards to like an overseas flight. Um, but I feel that, you know, we're going to get there eventually. And we're just right now at the the ground floor. And it's super exciting to kind of see these companies develop um, how they're going to be able to open access to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's such an exciting time to like even have a radio station like this. You know what I mean? And be on, uh, on a radio station and have a show at this starting point because, you know, we're going to get to be like, you know, we were we were Terra based, but now we you can listen to us on, you know, all of these stations up in space when they get up there. So, Benjamin, question uh, for Joan. I don't really ha- I had a question. It's gone for me. I was following along <laughs> Just... the uh, everyday person going to space conversation. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I think I think Joan's on the money. The first space tourist was was Dennis Titov, I think was his name. And he paid 20 million dollars. <laughs> and 1990s money just to go right on, yeah. <laughs> on a soyuz flight to the space station and now we have flights which are still pricey but super cheap compared to his 20 million dollar soyuz flight and right. they're like what a few hundred thousand dollars to two hundred fifty thousand, i think is yeah. blue origin and uh and, and they're getting cheaper and they're getting better and so <laughs> like she said a couple decades but you know what that, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. I think I think yeah. we are absolutely headed in the right direction. So I and if there are any sponsors out there, videos from space, huh? If there are any mm-hmm. sponsors out there who are willing to drop a few hundred k to send this humble group of radio yeah, hosts mean, and space nerds, oh yeah, just, can we yeah. crowdsource? A we, we will do that. I'm willing. To I mean, you also have. want to do. We want to go in space. <laughs> So you also have like these really cool companies that are thinking outside the box, like space perspective and worldview, you know, no, no, typically you would think it was the, the, you know, the, from launching a rocket from the launch pad, but now you have this balloon technology, which we've used in the past for NASA missions. So it's not like it's a new thing, but I mean, again, it's just, these companies are popping up left and right. And I love mm-hmm. to see it because that just means that's more availability for people to, you know, crowdfunding way to to space or you know get amazing sponsors by the way we gave our handles in the beginning so if you want to sponsor any one of us um so yeah so i I mean i think it's it's a it's a really cool state where that where we are in i think there's going to be availability for a lot of different people absolutely i i have just as much optimism as you do in that in that private space sector you know avenue that is now suddenly blossoming um so here's my final question it's a little like emotional but you know think of go back in time and think of of little joan who liked the barbies and the barbie cars but also wanted the telescope and kind of the weird nerdy gifts and if you could talk to her where you are now what would you have said to that little Joan to be, you know, be, you're you're standing on the precipice of being able to go to space 
And what would you say to that Joan, that little girl way back then? So honestly, I think about this all the time. um, And I always end up with a very cliche saying, which is to never give up. And the reason I say that is because I, I'm, we, again, going back to the beginning of the show, um, I, I'm very vulnerable on social media because I want to share my experience so someone doesn't feel that they are alone. So, you know, talking about my failures, talking about all my hurdles, all of the things that I had to go through, um, each one of them, I'm glad that I went through it because it made me that much stronger. So, you know, a good example is I applied to NASA 13 times did not get an interview at all. And it wasn't until the 14th time that I got the interview and then eventually the job. And that's why I became a planetary defender. Um, Mm -hmm. And so at any point I could have quit. And so, you know, I know it's like super cliche to say, but honestly, I'm so glad that if I can go back in time and do anything over, I wouldn't because I would want to go through those failures because it made me the person that I am today. And it made me appreciate what I have today as well. So, um, you know, never give up. And, uh, you know, I'll kind of end with one of my favorite sayings, which I believe leave um ariana huffington said and it was um failure is not the opposite of success it is part of every success story and so that i live by that because it's honestly it's me it describes me to the t so that's what i would say to myself it's cliche but honestly i'm so glad that i went through all these hurdles because again it made me who i am today love it and then your six-year-old self or whatever age you're at would be like what the what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> Stop oh, it. I don't oh, want to go through all these failures. Can I just where, fast forward? <laughs> where's my fruit snacks? I just, I just asked you about some fruit snacks. I just start yelling anyway. nitrogen facts at this child. Like, remember about the nitrogen. Don't forget. <laughs> remember who was born on September 24th. I mean, come on. These are facts that you must know. Well, yeah. thank you so much for joining us. Like I said, this has been long overdue and I'm and like, I, like, I don't know why I remember telling you, but you were genuinely probably one of the first people to know that I got this radio station job. And, um, and you were just like, Oh my God, that's so exciting. And we were kind of like screaming virtually yeah, back and forth out. each other. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. So you were supportive of me and we are so happy to have you here and be supportive right back at you. So again, you can follow the station, iRock Space Radio. Go there, find them on all the socials, or as Kavi says, all the time sucks. Um, I'm Space K Sarah on all the time sucks. We got Benjamin, who's actually science, science actually depending on the time suck that you are on. Fun fact with science wow. and your female engineer, engineer sometimes gets shortened because it can get too long, but whatever. You get the gist. It's the time sucks. We're there. Go find us and find the quality memes and the, the transitions and the and all of those fun things because we live to uh, to to bring people into the heavier science concepts, if you will, by making it light and fun and accessible. So come for the memes, thank you stay for the science again. <laughs> and our weird Let's measurements the door. <laughs> unit, yeah, eagles for freedom kind of things and stuff. So thank you again so 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 much, so much. And uh, you have been listening to the Space K Sarah Show with the Space Nerds Kavi and Benjamin and our special guest Joan, future Blue Origin astronaut and NASA engineer of DART. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I don't know how my outro was going there. Here on iRock Space Radio. (laughs) You've been listening to the Space Case Sarah Show with the space nerds, Kavi and Benjamin, a production of iRock Space Radio. Go to iRockSpaceRadio.com for more.